1: Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardy. Hello, Bardy. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy and a man who has things to say about Roberto De Zerbi. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan.
2: That's me.
1: And Bardy, it was a sublime defence-splitting pass from central midfield that set the goal in motion, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> it was It was a beautiful pass. His vision and his ability to play as he slipped on his backside was, <laughs> was quite incredible. It just
1: made it better. It'll flourish at the end of the pass.
0: It's great that once a season he decides to play a little through ball. Someone shared the clip that he did against Leeds where he chipped it across to Kane. And then obviously the pass yesterday was amazing. Why can't he do it more? That's the question, Wendy. That's the question for you. Why doesn't he do that more often?
1: Well, Nathan, um, suggestion is that it was a rehearsed automation.
2: Yeah, it feels that way. It feels that way. I think if you watch it back... um, you can see that both Kane and Richarlison have come towards the ball. Yes. Um, uh, Kulisovsky is way over wide right. And for a lot of the match, um, Emerson Royale, who I'm sure we're going to talk about a fair bit, was sort of playing narrow and central, um, where Davies was, was stretching the left flank. Mm. Um, but then the moment Hojbjerg sort of stepped forwards after we'd moved it around the back a little bit by the keeper, um, the two wing backs both sprint forward um that to me you know screams of a of a rehearsed move yeah. and and knew exactly how to combine now if i'm writing up the um the, the custom patterns for a given match, how often do I think, hmm, I know who should be on the end of this pattern. I know who should be through on goal for this one, Emerson Royale. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, that's not necessarily the end goal. But maybe you use your least likely goal scorer because he's the one you're least likely to mark if you're the opposition, right?
0: Mm. It's like the old, um, the old power league five-a-side tactic, of you just leave their worst player open and just just try and try and like get them at the last minute and instead focus on the better players. So perhaps, yeah.
2: As as someone who is frequently the worst player at five-a-side. Um, i've got a lot of experience drifting into space that's uh, because because you can get away with it and if i've got enough room to have my terrible touch and then pick out a pass or something you know you can it levels the playing field a little bit yeah it's your
0: it's your space invading skill not the fact it's not your talent
2: well it's both it's it's a lovely combination (laughs) it's a real marriage
1: of the two Well, what worked out really nicely, you know, Emerson is a very poor striker of the ball, generally. um, But Davis played his pass in such a way that Emerson could just literally pass it into the corner. It it was really nicely played from Ben Davis, who we will definitely be talking about um, as well.
2: I think the finish itself speaks to rehearsal, because I think that um, like, if you're drilling that play Mm. and Royale was repeating through on on goal and he no, so tuck it away. Like maybe the first kind of time yeah. he lashes at it and they're like, just tuck yeah. it away, just place it. And then he does that. And then, you know, because that's the kind of thing that they would they would work on. They'd pick that up when rehearsing that pattern. And For then sure. you go into that strike and you have that confidence and you know that you can just tuck it away in, in one of the corners. Completely agree. Um, so w-
1: were we surprised when we saw the team lineups with, um, with Roy Allen Davis playing wing back, you know, Royale obviously he had played in midweek against AC Milan. There was some suggestion that Pedro mm. Porro would come back in. Davis playing at left wing back was, um, I, I would say, quite a shock. Um, he hasn't played left wing back for, pff, gosh, maybe 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 late in games he has, but hasn't started at left wing back for what eighteen months. Something yeah, like it's that, been a I long guess. time.
0: Normally, normally the tactical change is to go back to like a back four and put him at left back. I don't think he's played left wing back or started in that role since um, final days of White Hart Lane that, that season. I think
2: maybe, yeah. It's probably one. There's probably one or two in there somewhere. But um, to, to the to the wider point, definitely true. Um, I was I was frustrated. I was frustrated with the lineup for sure. Um, really pleased to see uh, Richardson. Yes, but I was very frustrated by the selection of wing backs. Um, and I'm not backing down from that because they scored in the second half because I felt the first half um really underlined their their shortcomings as a sort of ident- dynamic attacking wing back duo.
0: Do you think the um the selection of of Davies at wing back was just to preserve Perisic who's had a couple of games in a row?
2: Yes. Huh. Yeah, I guess because um Sesko Young's injured. Yeah, I guess so. I guess taking a step back and recognizing that, you know, if Perisic is going to play again midweek, um, it makes some sense. Just maybe you would think that the way round to do that would be to save, would be to you know use Perisic as a as a battering ram against the team who are going to sit deep Oof. and and go with Davies for a sort of more dynamic up and, up and down game where he has to defend. But then saying that, to be honest with you, um, you know, uh, unfortunate uh, podcast word choicing ahead of a second leg, they don't have much threat down their right hand <laughs> sides.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh AC Milan, that is. So Yeah, so, yeah no, carry, yeah, no, they got it, they got it the right way around then. Fair enough. Um but yeah, the Obviously, the the story of the game is is a, is the difference between the two halves. In the first half, when um, West Ham sat deep, let us have the ball. We had a, a load of the ball. We had we had almost as many final third passes in the first half against the West Ham as we did in the entire game against Leicester. Um, but we weren't creating chances with it. And I and I, I want to be clear that like um, Davies and Royale were were decent. They were fine. Uh, Emerson Royale was was being like a full-on inverted wing back, you know, the, yep. the most sort of central field we've seen him um, even more than recent games. Um, and, and Davies was, you know, fine, smart passing, nice movement, the kind of things you expect from him. Um, but when a team sit deep and narrow and they surrender the wings, um you need more than good. You need you need some brilliance. And neither of them were really able to provide brilliance. And neither, to be fair, was Kulosevsky. Um, who was who was again? He was on the he was on the touchline with Royale Narrow, and uh, I don't know. He he was better in the second half, but I think he's looked pretty rough the last few games. I mm-hmm. strongly suspect that he is carrying a knock. He was just
1: spamming in cross after cross. I think it was nine crosses with only one being wow. accurate, um, which is too many, frankly. Um, he did a, he, he did one really really nice setup. Uh, for... um, Richarlison. Richarlison, yeah. Really nice setup where he kind of looked like he was going to shoot and then spotted the run and cut it back and it was a lovely, lovely bit of play. But aside from that, he was quite disappointing, I thought... Um, Let's talk a little bit about what Nathan's already touched on, which is Emerson Royale playing inside. So we've got a couple of questions about Emerson Royale. Um, Firstly, Max says, Is Emerson actually playing much better or have we tactically tweaked to emphasise his strength and build up an athleticism and not asking him to cross so he looks better? And Ben Williamson says, has the Royale hype train gone a little too far? This is obviously preferable <laughs> to the disgusting amounts of abuse that he, was rece- he has received during his time at Spurs. But I've seen people suggest he's become an actual wingback, either in jest or in vague sincerity. And I'm just not sure if that's true. He's been very tidy in these last few games and I'd probably start him against Chelsea next week. But I've not seen him do anything that I didn't already think he was capable of. And ultimately, I think Poro should still get the majority of the remaining minutes of the season.
0: I think there's, I think there's a thing here where a certain player is terrible and they get a lot of abuse. We kind of saw it with Sissoko that he got abused a lot because he wasn't doing what he's supposed to do. Then all of a sudden, that he found a way to make himself useful and be a decent player. And then it was almost just like because he's now become a a functioning player it's like the hype goes way past So yeah. perhaps the criticism went too far and now yep. the praise has gone too far I think Royale had a good game it was nice it was heartwarming because in the second half he runs directly at me where I sit and it was heartwarming to see how, how much he was involved how much he wanted the ball and um, just his confidence compared mm. to the game against Leeds where he was booed off the pitch so that in itself makes for a nice story which gets everybody on board so I think Royale is playing well I don't think Royale is is the future of our right wing back situation, but it's nice to see him play well, be functioning and do a nice few little touches. There was one little flick around the corner, which is beautiful. And that's good. It's a good thing he's playing well, but I think perhaps it has gone a little bit too far. They like the the chant of Emerson Royale, He scores when he wants. Is you know, it's a little bit in jest, and I do think the hype as well is a little bit in jest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, the point that Mac makes about tactical tweaks is completely accurate. He's we've we've been we've we've been vaguely supportive of Emerson Royale even during his worst spells by saying you know he's an, he's not an incompetent player. He's just being asked to play a position that is not suited to him. He's just been asked to do things that he can't do. He's never going to be able to do. Um, And I think he's carried on doing the things that he does well, well, and is now being put in a position where that helps him, really helps him out. And I think Kulosevsky coming back and, you know, Kulosevsky's a player that does like to hug the touchline initially to receive the ball. And then he obviously cuts in field from there. Um, and and that starting position for Kulusevsky is very helpful for MS Royale because it means he's not standing high up and expected to receive the ball and maybe try and beat a man or put a cross in. Two things he's very poor at. Instead, he's often... Um, Deeper in build-up and often inside in build-up. And I wondered in this match whether he might be, as Nathan points out, even more inside than usual because we were missing Bentancourt for the first time and Oliver Skip was playing. And maybe Conte Stellini thought, okay, well, let's add a little bit of extra support to Skip on that side in in build-up as well since he's he's just feeling his way back into things, essentially. Um, so I think that's something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of whether Emerson Morale constantly plays they that far inside but uh, yeah i mean i just think he's doing things he's being asked to do things that suit him now um and
2: and he's vaguely competent at them when i did my video on emerson royale um when we were linked to him before signing him i had like build up play um deep passing down as one of his his strengths and I, i've eaten a lot of dirt <laughs> um since then because he's really crumbled under pressure but um mm. finally that sort of i'm feeling a little more a little more comfortable remembering that i said that um because he's looked he looks fairly nice and entirely nearing near and together um in in narrow areas in the last few games mm. and on the other side ben davis was named man of the match
0: Really, he won man of the match. He I thought won, Emerson man
2: Royale the match. won man of the match. No, Ben Davis won man of the match. Is There's that wait? Who's bones. is that? Is that the the broadcast channel or is that Spurs yes. official broadcast okay. channel? So I think the Spurs vote went for for Royale.
1: Mm. I mean, I thought Ben Davis had a really good game, and sure. Sky Sky showed some data which supported that, where he was basically first or second in in the team rank. But he was, by some distance, our player with the most inaccurate passes. And that was, you know, I, I thought that from the eye test and then I looked up the data and it was supported by the data as well. He did give the ball <laughs> away a lot.
0: Even more than Longley?
1: Even more than Longley, who had a really wow. poor game, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Really, really, Longleafs. really, really bad.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I thought Davis kind of rolled back the years a little. He looked... I, I, I was watching it with my sister and I said to her, I think Davis is really going to struggle athletically in left wing back. We've not seen him play that, that position for a while. And, you know, he's absolutely fine at left, left centre back, but left wing back asks a lot more. I ate my words. I thought he coped really well with the physicality of the role. He supported the attack impressively. Uh, he was quite nimble in, in certain situations, which was nice to see. Um, and he used the ball well. I think it just basically comes down to the point that Nathan made earlier. He's not an outstanding left wing back. He never will be. Um, he's, a, he's a good functional player who can play a number of positions, but we certainly don't want to be relying on Ben Davis to play left wing back every week because that's, that's bad news. Um, but he had a really, really impressive game.
0: Ben Davies is a a useful player. He remains a useful player. He's boiled chicken man. He can go anywhere and on anything with anything, and he'll serve a purpose and he'll do okay. Um, as a left as a left sided centre back, he's fine. He, we need to do better. As a left wing back, he's fine. We need to do better. He's just he's just gentle. Ben is just pretty good. Good everything. utility player. Yeah, I mean, he's not outstanding in any kind of thing, at, at, at any one skill, but he's, he's good, he's decent at everything. The, the so only outstanding
1: quality I would say he has is his um, is his sort of application, his mentality yeah. the way. He, he's very calm, very considered, but he's also quite feisty when he needs to be. He's, he's not scared to duck out of a challenge and that can sometimes motivate his teammates, which is really useful. I would say that's the only area where he really does excel. He's, um, he's, a, he's a smart cookie on the pitch. My man of the match, I don't know if you guys agree, was... Kuti Romero, who I thought was absolutely fantastic, fantastic. He yesterday. was
0: outstanding. He was um, he was like a ball. He, no, he was he was a creative centre back in that. Yes, game. he was. He was, was creative from deep. Um, he was brilliant. He would break. He was great in the in the challenges. He was having to do a lot of covering from Dyer, who had a terrible game. But he was he was charging forward, creating things, causing havoc, covering up, making tackles, and. Um, it was the rumour pre-game that he was injured and then he went down after like three or four minutes and then you could see, um, see Perisic getting warmed up. So we all thought that he was going to get subbed off, but um, it never happened. But he, yeah, he was fantastic. I think it was one of his best games he's played.
1: Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. I think it's, um, you know, he... <laughs> When we're a proper functioning team again, and we're creating chances, you just feel like he's going to be at the heart of a lot of the ball progression because he's so good, he's so talented in possession he he chips passes into midfield sometimes that look really risky, but he just never seems to lose the ball like in that in taking those risks he's he's so adept with his part, and he just lingers on the ball that little bit almost too yeah. long and still finds his man every time and it's just delightful to watch
0: I think having him in the center of a free will really suit him if we get too competent centre backs to play either side of him. I just think him stepping into midfield oh, essentially yeah. would be really, really nice.
1: Yeah, the, the role that, that Dyer played against Man City, you can really see Romero playing that and um you know carrying the ball forward as well. Yeah. You thought Dyer had
2: a bad game.
0: I thought I thought Dyer was slow. I thought Antonio caused him a lot of problems. I think he missed a few headers. Um, the chance directly after um, after we scored our first goal, I thought he was he was slow reacting to that. There was other chance, other opportunities for West Ham where I just thought he got caught and he didn't quite know what to do. There was a shot from distance, and I just felt uncertain every time. I mean, Antonio's a, Antonio's a difficult striker to play, and I just thought that he he was a bit lacking there.
1: Okay, I I didn't notice Di playing badly. To me, I thought he was fine. I did think Longley had a really shocking game.
0: Yeah.
2: Um uh, says he won okay. six of seven aerial jewels. Sorry, Wendy. Mm,
1: okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't notice Dyer doing too much wrong, if I'm honest. Uh, but I wasn't at the game, so you, you sometimes see different things, right? Sure. Um, where next? I think we should talk, talk about Richarlison and Son. So, Stellini. After the match, our game we want to play was the game that we played in the second half, but we know very well that we have to push in the first half to create the second half. That was the plan. When we feel that the opponent stretched the team and creates space between the lines, we have to attack the space, and that is what happened, and the players understood that moment. Then Sonny came in, and I think the second goal was a clear Sonny situation um so what we saw was Richarlison um who himself must be rusty he's barely had any minutes since the world cup uh he he worked i thought really really hard against um West Ham's defense and sort of kept them kept them honest and then Son came on and obviously scored a, a typical Son Han-kyung-min goal, which was which was really nice to see. Um Bardi, what did you make of his performance and do you think there's something in this Stellini quote, um, and potentially something in that role going forward for Son?
0: Yeah, but on the Charleston, it was almost a game of, of possibilities that he would do something good and then he would follow it up with a second touch which was bad or a third touch which, which was bad mm. or just a lack of conviction because there was moments where he spun their defence beautifully and stretched them and offered something and then he would just get let down. I think he's a little bit out of confidence. I don't think he, this isn't yeah, maybe it's just rustiness because even the chance that we spoke about earlier, he just didn't, that needed whacking and he kind of half yeah. it almost. He just, just was he was more worried about hitting the target than mm. he was kind of mm. focused on scoring um, but I thought it was promising. It was a promising, promising cameo from him. For him, West Ham suited him really nicely. Sun coming on, you could almost tell that he, that was going to happen. West Ham were then, by then, just pushing more and more. I want to give a little shout out to, to Declan Rice. He's a he's a player that I kind of have not not thought that highly of in the past. But I thought Declan Rice was the only player in the West Ham shirt that actually looked capable of playing at a high level. I thought he was really good, and I think a lot of the stuff that happened to us in the first half and the reason why we got shut down was Declan Rice scuttling about getting stuck in and and breaking things up
1: Mm, he is brilliant and I'll be really gutted if he ends up at Arsenal or Chelsea for that matter Uh, Nathan what did you think of the Richarlison Son combo and um, Stellini's comments
2: yeah, man, I uh, I really like it. You can tell how desperate um, I've been for a good performance because I tweeted out half of my podcast takes <laughs> full time. I, I tweeted saying, like, like imagine being um, the opposition player, like the right centre-back in this game, might be the right back or whatever... Um, And like, you're up against Richarlison and he's like, he's pushing into you. He's using his hold up play. He's standing on your toes. Um, He's like feisty in every aerial duel. He's also getting in behind, um, running off both shoulders. And then after an hour of that, sun comes on, (laughs) fresh sun comes on and he's sprinting in behind. Um. yeah I think that that's a you know that's that's perfect and also um, if come 60 minutes you're already ahead by a couple of goals you can take Kane off and move Richarlison into the middle I, I think that this is this is what Richarlison should have been for all along 100% right? and I think that yeah Son really really benefits from coming off the bench and maybe he doesn't like that and, and maybe his oh my I don't know if you follow this maybe his legions of thousands oh my of God. Koreans get it would get very upset about this idea i had this before when i tweeted about um about selling him in the summer as well but I don't think I got it half as bad as, as Dan Kilpatrick's getting it yeah I yeah mean, that was really I admire, awful
0: I admire the Koreans really going I've been I've been here abusing Joybjerg for, for the two <laughs> years and the Danish haven't been able to like um assemble and come after me like that get that some was long great. ships
2: on the go <laughs> yeah
0: that's why because the, the Danes always lose don't they the Swedes batter them all the time <laughs> <Okay>. so- <laughs> too, too,
1: too busy playing with their lego
0: yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, that was quite impressive. And it it was just a just all oh, Dan Kilpatrick did it was just just tweet a stat. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it was like um they were it reminded me of the Mourinho stands or the Ronaldo stands, you know. Um and I don't I don't know why I would have kidded myself to believe that Son would just have a nicer fan base, but clearly
2: he doesn't. So yeah, um First half and second half, really, really interesting um, for a couple of reasons. So tactically, in the in the first half, West Ham sat off us, weren't interested in having the ball, gave us the wide areas, um, and we dominate the ball, and we, we dominate. There's a thing called field tilt, which I'm not sure about the choice of words for, which is like your share of final third parties versus their share yeah. of final third parties, and we dominated that. Uh, all over the game um, but weren't generating good chances with it second half i don't think we changed anything um and really really interesting comments from Lee. um in the second half west ham came out they tried to press us back they tried to have the ball and that gave us space to counter in and, and when that's the situation you don't need um attacking brilliance from your wing banks to create things from out wide and and do you know low percentage crossing um because you've got space to run into and in the end sort of half ironically it is the wing backs themselves who combine um for for that goal um but yeah really interesting that suddenly says you have to have a first half like that um in order to create the situation for the second so look i mean the bigger point of analysis for me um is i've been banging on for weeks now that i think the spurs have a fitness issue and this is a sample of one game i think i might have to throw that theory away because this is after we played you know twice this week and we went out there and we fought hard two halves we 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 controlled midfield and dominated the game in the first half and we dominated the transitions and hit them on the counter in the second half that's that's a full 90 minutes of being all over the opposition and i can't explain why it doesn't make any sense because before when we did that against City we'd had we'd had basically 2 weeks off and this time we've had barely 2 days off so what the hell is going on and um <laughs> How much is it down to Conte well being in Italy? Uh,
1: yeah, maybe. Um, I think we can also point towards some freshening up of the team lineup up on this occasion as well. Sure. Which may have been a slight factor. like Players like Richarlison. I mean, Richarlison, all that I agree with Bardi, was kind of an unspectacular performance from him. And I, and I think we forgive him for that because he has barely played. He, cari- he carries a lot for the team in terms of the amount of um, physical... Um, graph that he has to put in. Like, he's constantly got a defender on his back, literally on his back at times. And, um, he, he puts in a hell of a shift every time he runs out there. Um, Davis playing left wing back, he hasn't played there for a while. So, you know, having Davis and Longley on the pitch at the same time has barely been a thing. So, and Skip obviously coming into midfield as well. There's, there's some, that, there's a little freshness there in the team that hasn't been there before. So I think maybe, you know, don't throw away your theory just yet, Nathan. Watch this space and um, keep it in mind. If I could just add one more thing on Son, because I've seen people say, you know, Son came on and played on the shoulder. That is not the case. Uh, Son came on and played the same role that he always plays. And he okay. lost the ball in our defensive third dangerously at least twice, maybe three times. And I was I was getting cross with him for losing the ball. Like this is after he scored, so you know you're happy with him that he scored his goal. Great, he made he did what he always does brilliantly, which is make a shoulder run and get on the end of a Harry Kane pass. But he still cannot cope with the back to goal stuff that that Conte wants him to do. He is just fundamentally not that guy. Um, and you know ultimately we're asking him to do things in the same way that we do with Emerson Royale, We're asking him to do things he can't do um you want to get the best out of son you have him constantly on the shoulder or you have him where he used to be under early pochettino he's out wide on the wing and he's sizing his guy up and he's beating him on the outside and getting crosses or whatever um don't have him back to goal in his own half it's it's a recipe for disaster
0: match of the day seems to suggest that the the change in our performance was was us speeding it up i I just think that's quite an easy take just to say, oh, we yeah. just did everything faster." I, I don't believe in that. I think I think what happened is we scored a goal because we did a bit of progressive passing and we scored a second goal because Kane made one of his through balls. And those passes and those through balls just weren't working in the first half. I don't think anything, like Nathan said, I don't think actually anything changed in how we played. I just think we just did it a little bit better. And I don't think yeah. it was anything to do with speed.
1: Yeah, an, an automation that worked well and then Kane essentially winning a 50-50.
2: We I did. A lo- so, we did also um, play um, like the Palace game a few weeks ago. Um, uh, we played quite a few high lofted clearances as West Ham went to press us uh, a few times, and then and then we were in better position to win the second ball um, in the half, and that's how Son's goal came about. It was just a long ball. Romero chipped it way up into the sky. Um, Kane pushed his man over. Was it Obonner, And uh, yeah. and then played the ball through to Son.
0: I just think a lot of the time with this Spurs team is we've got to get our head around the fact that we're just going to keep knocking on doors, but not in a creative way. We're not, we're not trying to sell anything amazing. We're knocking door to door and just trying to sell some feather dusters or some cleaning products. Eventually, something's going to work and we're going to make a sale and we're going to score a goal. And I think that's just the way we play at the moment. I think we just need to get used to it, that mm. we're not going to play... this this beautiful, wonderful passing football. It's going to be repetition, repetition, and it's going to work for us more times than it doesn't. And that's kind of the reason why we're in the top four, because it it does work, but not all the time. But when it does, we score and we win.
1: I want to say two more things in this game. Firstly, a little shout out to Oliver Skip, who I thought had an incredibly tidy match. Again, another player who's barely played, um and he gets a lot of criticism and has been getting a lot of criticism which i can't understand about being a sideways and backwards player i saw him play some really nice snappy punchy forward passes in midfield especially early in the game i thought he he did a really really good job especially given that he picked up an early yellow card and that can't have been easy to kind of tread that tight rope and the other thing i want to say is West Ham are terrible now. Oh my God, so shit. I hadn't realised like how bad they'd become this year. And like Bardi says, Declan Rice was the only one in that team yeah. who looked anything.
0: I can't believe Ogbonga is, is still playing football. He's been around for, for a, a decade and he's still knocking around. It mm. was rubbish a decade ago. <laughs> and West Ham are trying to stay in this league with him at centre-back. It's, oh, it's just amazing how, how much money they've spent, Scamacca, all these guys they're just wasted money and they they're in a bad place. <sighs> yeah. They'll probably stay up because I reckon there's more inept teams than them. But yeah, that's not good. They're not massive.
2: They uh they've got a surprisingly good um expected goals against records they're like Fourth or fifth or something in the table for their underlying defensive numbers, but it is not is not materialising on the pitch.
0: Yeah,
1: I sent I sent an email around my my weekly email to the X subs where I mentioned that uh, they are massively underperforming their expected goals for and expected points. And um, they, they're about 10th, I think, on expected points. Um, obviously, they're like third bottom in actual mm. points. Um, but they are 10 goals short of their expected goals, which is by a distance the worst in the Premier League. Uh, and the biggest culprit is Jared Bowen, which I was quite surprised at. Obviously, there is, just not taking his chances.
0: There's, yeah, there's just quite a few players in that team that are really kind of patchy. Su- Sucek might have a, a run of games where he just bangs in a couple of headers. Antonio's the same. Bowen's the same. Um, the, I think if they don't go down this year, when they sell Rice, I was going to say Damien Rice when they sell Rice <laughs> this when they sell Rice this summer, then they'll definitely be yes. done the season after. Yeah,
1: good shout. Good shout. <laughs> So for 2023, we are partnered with Athletic Greens. So over to Bardi.
0: I started taking AG1 because my health is important to me, especially my gut health. I like to be regular. I'm obsessed with it. AG1 gives me the stomach for facing my day, especially a long day down the lane. Did you know, Windy, that AG1 contains probiotics and prebiotics
1: Of course, but tell me more.
0: Well, probiotics support your gut health, enhance nutrient absorption and strengthen your immune system. Prebiotics are a special type of fiber that feed those probiotics so they can multiply and establish an ongoing presence in your digestive system. They're the perfect double act. A bit like my guy Davies storming down the left and squaring it to Emerson. You need both of them to make great gut health.
1: (laughs) In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old-growth rainforests and also donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So obviously West Ham was our second game this week. Uh we'd all <laughs> had to sit through the misery fest that was AC Milan away. Um goodness me. I mean that actually feels like a long time ago and uh, it does. And and having the win like having just happened makes the Milan defeat seem feel less awful, but it was terrible, was it not? <laughs>
0: Try um, walking up this spiral their spiral um, oh, this spiral corridor. Mate. We got all the way to the top and 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 watched that. It was um it was quite the dour game.
2: How was your trip to Milan, mate?
0: <laughs> My trip to Milan was was pretty good. A little I wanted to be there a bit earlier in the day, but flights were delayed and everything.
2: Oh yeah.
0: But uh San Siro has been a a stadium that I've always wanted to see and experience and it, it's incredible that you can have such a bad stadium but such an amazing stadium at the same time so mm. like when you're sat there inside the stadium just watching the football and feeling everything around you it's incredible but the moment you look to the left or try to do anything humane like eat go <laughs> to the toilet or drink or just move around it's it's just awful Um yeah and the game I, I kept I kept expecting Spurs to spark into life I don't know whether that was the Sambuca in me or <laughs> it's just my I wasn't so <laughs> probably <laughs> because they're, they're, they're quite generous with Sambuca out there um, Yeah, so I was hoping that the game would just spark into life I thought we could do it but you know Milan my, I don't remember much of the, the, the kind of intricate moments of the game but I just never felt confident that we were going to score it was more hope than anything else Milan um, they, they, they held us at arm's length mm, Yeah, they yeah. did yeah
2: well, I I was pretty confident going into the game that like it wouldn't be a good game for the neutral. Um, I said that like I did I did a preview video. I said like um, neither team are really looking to have the ball. Both team are at a significant advantage if they can make the other team have the ball. Um, so whoever scores first probably wins. Hopefully that doesn't carry through to the second mm-hmm. leg, uh, and then we can offer something else there. Um. Milan, yeah, been going through a really rough patch. They're sort of they've they're doing sort of back to basics stuff at the moment um, and playing with the back three. And that back three matched up pretty really well. They they put their three defenders on off three attackers really well and were mm. um, pretty hard into all of them when they received. I think yeah, fouled Kane a, a significant number of times. Yes. Oh, by the way, it was probably a handball in the West Ham game. Oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a miserable anti-football double-ended game oh, God, um, yeah. i said that i didn't think we'd score but actually um we had like eight corners and Ooh. we're one of the best teams in the world at attacking corners and they're one of the worst teams in the world at defending corners so uh we probably should have done something there it was really, really interesting because um picked up in the tape that Milan have a very significant issue at the near post and we attacked the far post again and again and again. Mm. Um So I don't know why that was happening. What, whether, you know, we wanted to decoy the near posts, make them worry about that because that's where they've been maybe focusing and, and then hope to hit the far post. I thought that was very strange. Um, but maybe we'll mix it up and go back to the near post in the second leg and that will catch them off guard or something. But, uh, could probably do with a set-piece goal in the second leg.
0: Yeah. I mean, the longer the second leg goes on, the more Milan are going to stodge it up. Mm. And you're right, they're back to basics. Like they've now had three 1-0 wins in a row. Yeah, uh, and That's exactly what they're doing. They've gone binary.
1: Yeah, it kind of felt like they'd got their goal and they didn't need to really do anything else and they were just able to sit and occasionally counter. And they did look, you know, they nearly scored two Late headers, to be fair to them. Yeah. They did look dangerous in the counter. Um, the, the only positives to come out of the game were the performances of Skip and Saar in midfield, who absolutely did us proud. You know, it was a big ask for a 20-year-old and a 22-year-old to come in and play at the San Siro, probably having never partnered with one another in midfield before. I, th- I think that's. Well, I haven't checked that, but I imagine that's the case maybe um, in pre-season maybe
0: yeah. and maybe they've had moments on the pitch together perhaps against Portsmouth or Palace maybe but, but they've that, been yeah. fleeting right and yeah, and yeah, the
1: pair sure. of them were were diligent hard working uh, delicate at times with their touches and their passes um just it bodes really well for the future that we've got these two talented central midfield players i'm very happy that we have both
2: of them you you're right to feel happy my um the the excitement i should have is is diminished by the fact that we have five of these players who are of a very similar <laughs> profile and to be fair a pretty similar quality. And hey, in the end, it turns out we needed all five because we were down yeah. to our last two, right? But um I if there was a different profile in them, if if yeah. if Skip or Sar was like something else, it would be so much easier to be excited about what they can offer, what they can bring. At the moment, what they can bring is outstanding depth um Mm. which is which is good uh and we were can be you know if we were missing one of those players we'd have been in trouble but it just doesn't get my blood pumping basically the, what, the, I'm hearing is, here, sorry.
0: what I'm hearing is Nathan reckons we should sell Hoibier replace Hoibier <laughs> with, a, with a, a more creative player and then we'd all be happy
2: I would honestly do that and yeah, you can yes. you can choose to read that as like a slight on Hoibier but like if there's a market for him I'd, I'd, you know it would be worth it
0: uh, <laughs> but, see, so Nathan can bin off Hoibier when it comes to <laughs> tactics but when I get accused because he shuffles around the pitch like an idiot it's, it's not tactics
2: I
1: love how you celebrated that like an actual goal yeah. <laughs> I think there's um there's there's subtle differences in the profiles of all five aren't there sure. but they're, they're not significant enough to make a difference like pat matassar is clearly a slightly better ball carrier than all bar maybe probably um oliver skip i think is a better deep lying playmaker than all of them in my in my view basuma is better at progressive um carries maybe from deep
2: Receiving um, under
1: pressure and receiving under pressure. Bentancur, I think, is the outstanding presser, um, and it may marginally better at arriving in the box than, than yeah. others. But then, having said that, Hoybier is also really good at arriving in the box, and I think Heubierre, um has the sort of the leadership aspect to his game, which the others the others don't have. So mm. they've all got some strengths and slightly different qualities, but they are much of a match in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And, um, you know, were we to get a different manager, then maybe you'd only want two or three of them in the squad. I think so. so. Um, Let's talk a little about uh, Stellini. So Lion said, (laughs) should Conte just be Zoom manager? Um, What have we made of this? So Stellini has an exceptional record, basically. Um, What have you made of Conte not being there and Stellini stepping in?
2: It's um, it's tricky, right? Because we're dealing with a a sample size of two games, mm. but it's night and day. It's it's really been night and day. Um, like maybe our two best performances all season happen to have come under Stellini, and, and all the reporting and all of the self-reporting and all of the obvious is that. Conte remains extremely hands on mm. every decision is a back and forth just as it is when he's here, but man the football is different I mean I guess we'll see if you know Conte's probably not expected back for the chelsea game um that's a tough ask but like it's um like i, I said i i i i I feel like I need to be walking back my 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 analysis my take. That it is a fitness issue because we just look so sharp and fit and up for it and driven um in both Ooh. these games you last week proposed the possibility that conte is stinking the mood out and I, I guess that makes sense but again it's um it's early to to be confident in that
1: i want i want to push back a little it's not often i disagree with nathan but i think on. i do disagree on, on this occasion i think the city game is personally i think the city game is different because it's so Tactically different. I think you can almost discount it. Okay. I think mean, you can sort of say set that one aside and say this is a different type of game to any other will play all season, almost, except maybe Arsenal, unfortunately. Um, and the West Ham game, that first half was utterly diabolical. Like people were angry about that first half of the West Ham game on the Discord, on Twitter, in the stadium. From by all accounts, there was a few few boos about the performance, and it was only the second half where where we got better because it seemed like we kind of. We're having well, we were we were having a lot more success in chance creation. Um, so I'm not sure that the, it is night and day. I don't know that that's the case. Having said that, I think Celine's got a really nice way about him in the press conferences. I think he's handled yeah, those incredibly agree. well. He seems. Um, he seems he seems much more humble than Antonio Conte. Um and he's just basically easier to watch talk about your club. Like it feels he feels more inclusive in some way. He makes me feel better as a fan watching him in press conferences.
0: Well, he's the assistant manager. Yeah, so but he, but he, I think as a person well.
1: though, he just seems like um a warmer well, character. Ass.
0: It's not his ass on the line. It's not his job. You know, he's not the manager. He doesn't take the the full brunt of this. Stellini's managed Conte's teams five times now, and he's not—he's never lost a game. For Conte. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So when Conte got suspended at Inter, Stellini stepped in, and they won all three games. So he's—he's he's, he's undefeated. <laughs> I do think, but the mood—I don't know. There was like that time when everyone was going after Yambutongan because he looked miserable under Sherwood, hmm. and everyone was blaming Batongan. Uh, maybe I don't know. You can't. I can't, I don't read too much into body language. Conte was at Leicester and Milan, and he's probably got stitches in his body, so he hasn't been. Able, he, he can't jump around and be animated. I guess that's a problem when you have such an animated manager, and then all of a sudden he's not animated. Everybody thinks, "Oh, he's miserable." But it could be previously because he's got a gallbladder that's exploded or whatever they do, and then after that. That, he's got um, he's got stitches in his stomach which you know that that that, that can affect you mm. um, I don't know I don't think Stellini is the, the next big thing in managerial football <laughs> and we should just give him a contract now because that's not, that's not it I that's
2: think, not what I'm saying either
0: just for the <laughs> I think um, I am saying that
2: no, come on.
1: No, no, no. I I no, I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um I I think it's probably a good thing to have like a, a slightly fresh approach for a few games. Like it's a, is a very useful reset button for the team. Um uh but I don't think it's anything more than that. Um, Vincent Rico says I'm curious to know thoughts on Alfie Devine is he a pure attacking mid a box to box or something in between also what is his passing profile heard we need someone who can pick one on the men's team yeah sure um, he's always been highly rated but trying to figure out if he could have a role in next year's squad or not I, I, I think the problem is with that last question is we don't know because he's been untested at any level he's he's not had any games he's, he's not been sent out on loan presumably because they're trying to make him champions league club trained um he, he's essentially played premier league two football and a few minutes of men's football and that's it but he profiles as a creative attacking midfielder um he can play from the left he can play as a 10 he could play in a midfield three as a sort of Someone with very little defensive responsibility. I don't know that he could necessarily play in a midfield two in a pivot. I think that might be a stretch for him. He's uh, he's a bit more of an enigma, um, but he's a really creative passer, has excellent vision, and he can also pop up in the box. Um, I'm surprised we've not seen him on the bench more this season, but we've got a big squad, a lot of experienced players to involve and so he's just not really had chances, um, which I think is a shame because I think he's a really, really talented player and, and definitely one that can serve as one in the future. Alex C says, I haven't seen much of Deserby's Brighton, but although the data people like him, I don't know if I'd want him because he'd be too similar to Conte in terms of patterns and automations, which I have been scarred by. So I think I'd prefer a positional play manager. Nathan, you wanted to include this question because
2: you have some thoughts. Yes, so there was a a thread going around um, recently, um, pops up on Reddit as well. And then this has been a sort of a comment talking about the similarities between Deserby and Conte. So I just wanted to touch on um, why, as someone who has been critical of Conte, um, although I I recognize his brilliance, I'm I'm really excited about potentially being linked with Deserbi at some point um which is yeah they have some very similar principles in terms of they want to build up from the back and draw the opposition on um but i feel like i think deserbes is is less heavily automated it's a bit more um individual it's a bit sort of closer to the ideals of positional play rather than completely um prescribed prescripted moves in advance although maybe there's some of that Um, but also a very important difference is, is off ball. So Brighton under the Zerbi are one of the highest pressing teams in the league. Mm. Um, And they weren't by the way, under Potter, Potter had them sit in a middle, block a lot of the time so that's mm. that's something that he's come in and changed um it's kind of something that we saw against west ham is we, we, we are leaning more that way um but certainly looking at the season as a whole this and last season um conte's career as a whole um the the defensive approach is very significantly different than that i think that that is um enough to see it as very different football as a whole and uh, a very different experience watching it as a fan and a very different applicability to the continuous development of modern football
0: i i liked i've liked this for for a few years when nathan did his uh, manager list um back in february 1 and um, there was all the the regular names on there. I wanted Deserbi on the list. I was it was over overruled because he's Italian. I wanted Gasparini and Deserbi on there. Um, on a personal level, I d- I don't want another Italian because I'm fed up of having to protect them like their family. So <laughs> let's let's not go Italian unless it's Spalletti. I'll take Spalletti in one hundred percent. You're gonna win the league with Napoli, man, and if you win the league, winning the league with Napoli is like winning the league with Tottenham. That's something that doesn't happen unless Maradona's there, and that's like the, one of the, the greatest footballers ever existed. So, <laughs> if you can win the league with with Napoli, then you need to be taken seriously for 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 another big job. Spalletti is an interesting one.
2: Um... Obviously, he's been on the scene for a very long time, mm. but his success with Napoli is a bit out of the blue. Um, not to say that he's done poorly elsewhere; that's not what I'm saying at all. But to, to again, like you're saying, to take Napoli to to be likely title winners is quite special. Um, I, I think he's doing a, an excellent job, and again, he's done good work elsewhere. Um, but I think you know, opposite to what I just said about Deserbi, I feel like um, the possession isn't that heavily structured. Um, that it's quite improvisational in a sort of, I don't know, um, well, I guess Wenger's Arsenal kind of thing, making it up as you go along. Um, and I think that that works for Napoli because they have the vibiest squads in the mm-hmm. world right now. They're, they're such an individually creative and fun and free uh, squads that even has a Ndombele coming off the bench <laughs> to, to play in it um that they can improvise you know 90 goals in a league and um i think very few other teams can reasonably do that which is not to say there isn't anything going on in terms of planned possession but i think they're just such a technical um and well-balanced squad that um that he's maximizing them through um less organized means and that is less applicable to to spurs basically
1: uh if you want to support the podcast you can do so through our patreon patreon.com forward slash the extra inch we have 1200 x subs now a fantastic community of people we have a discord a thriving discord and bardi is currently making some championship manager content
0: yeah i'm playing champman 0102 and i've now reached Squeaky bum time in in my second full season as as the manager Tony Bardi. If, um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the previous episode, but we've got some big games coming up, and it's whether or not I can do something that Pochettino and Conte and other other top managers have, have been unable to do, and win us something. So um, tune in to see if I'm if I'm able to be the greatest manager that Spurs have ever had. <laughs>
1: And to round off the podcast, I just want to ask this because I want to see Bardi's furious reaction. This is from Cal the Aggregator, who says, what's your McDonald's order? Bardi, when was the last time you had a McDonald's?
0: Um, I haven't had a sober McDonald's, <laughs> I've, well, I could, well, confession time, I've had one sober McDonald's in the last eight years, and that was, um, maybe four months ago, and it was 11 o'clock at night, and there was literally nowhere else open, and I was starving, and I was driving, and I had to, I had to eat something, so I had a McDonald's. And what did you order? I had a, a Big Tasty with chips and water, <laughs> and, uh, and a little side of uh, chicken nuggets, and it was it was all right. Bardi,
1: that bad. is that is for someone who doesn't have McDonald's, mm. that is the correct order.
0: Really? Uh, I yeah. Think, I found the Big Tasty a bit wet and a bit slippery. You know when you grab it and it and it starts to slip out the bottom, and then you're in that problem where you're having to try and rotate it. Um, yeah, mm. I like my I like my burgers um, Five Guys style where it, the patty doesn't slip out. So, I get um, that I get that yeah so I found it a bit slippy but the chips were fine the water was cold and the chicken nuggets I was a bit concerned about the texture of the chicken it felt like it, it mashed a lot <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you, you, you have to not think about what's inside them when you eat them
0: it wasn't fibrous as like I would like my chicken nuggets to be you know where you can see the fibers as you pull it apart yeah they are know? very
1: much formed from off, off cuts of chicken aren't they yeah Um. but yeah yeah, no, absolutely I, I'm, I'm, the water is questionable the rest of it I think that's a, that's a solid the order. Nathan, how about you?
2: Uh I actually had uh some McDonald's chips yesterday. Um but I just had like a handful of Mariams because I do not also I do not go in for McDonald's. I have had McDonald's in my life but like yeah I uh she's she so she'll order from McDonald's every couple of weeks and and be like do you want anything do you want anything? No and I'll just have a couple of chips because yeah uh my my McDonald's order is to go to the nearest five guys for sure if <laughs> I want a burger. <laughs>
1: guys guys i've eaten exceptionally it's been my birthday and then my my girlfriend's birthday the last couple of weeks i've eaten so well oh. i i had i had steak at Hawksmoor, which is the best steak i've ever had um incredible fitted steak recommended to anyone and everyone really good cocktails there as well and then i had um a delicious pizza at uh, what are they called? Fatto e mano pizza. Fatto e mano? Yeah, oh, yeah. so they're, so they're awesome Brighton, and, yeah. Brighton based, but yeah. they're, now, they're now in London and I went to their uh, King's Cross branch and so good. So I good. didn't know they'd opened up a uh, branch. Mm. I had burrata and ham on mine and it was incredible.
0: It's a butchering of Italian words. <laughs> <but> Sorry, <laughs>
1: go on, go on, go on.
0: Fatto al e mano mean made by hand and burrata. That's burrata. <laughs> Nice. Roll those out. Don't be don't be scared when you roll <laughs> the arse. Right.
1: Have you had their pizza body?
0: No, I haven't. No, oh, I you haven't have to bus. give it a go. It's very good. It's yeah. very good. I've been I got into making my own pizza last last spring summer and since then any other pizza I've had has just been a bit meh because it hasn't been fat up by my manners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you had um pizza pilgrims?
0: I have had pizza pilgrims. Yeah, I had it's, that it's,
1: recently
2: it's as well. Very good. Very good. <laughs> barney mentioned to me in passing the idea of getting myself a pizza oven and mm. then um my parents when i moved house were like do you want a gift for the new house and i was like um a, a pizza oven and we've used it once so <laughs>
0: <laughs> the weather's been bad the weather yeah. has been bad the whole time <laughs> you have been
1: listening to the extra inch with me windy my sidekick and best friend barney and our tactics guy Nick. If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The extra inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at the extra inch. UK. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X Subs, we love every single last one of you, and of course, come on your spurs.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because
1: Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with 5 different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies,